0: I thank God for this opportunity to share with everyone here tonight. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand of praise as we begin, bless the Lord. I am a living miracle of how God can change a heart and a life in spite of the environment that you are raised in. Tonight, I'm grateful for the opportunity to speak in this, I believe is a historic release of a movement that will bring a new level of understanding and freedom for the African-American community in this city, in this region, and across this nation. I need to have kind of an in-house conversation uh, with our urban and inner city families. I need to give some background as I begin. I was born and raised in St. Louis, Missouri. Most of you never heard of St. Louis until two years ago with the incident with Mike Brown. In this era of what I call very low social media IQ, I won't waste time trying to explain the negative history that has led to the explosions of violence and the eruption of protests that we've watched on our televisions, on our our mobile devices the last few years. A couple of years ago, a white brother in the Lord asked me if it was true that blacks get stopped by police officers for no reason. And tears filled this brother's eyes when I told them that where I grew up that was just a normal part of life. And this man was one of one of the few uh, that actually tried to understand what was happening in our inner cities beyond the headlines and the sound bites and the 10-second video clips and riots. Now for the record I grew up in the city where the Black Lives Matter movement got its launch, following the shooting of Michael Brown in the same St. Louis suburb, an apartment complex where my wife and I once lived as a young couple trying to make it in the world. And I do not, absolutely do not agree with the foundational ideologies of that movement. Uh, You need to know but at the same time you need to know that in some cities in America these particular terms are synonymous. I'm going to give you these terms and understand that in some cities like St. Louis they're thought of as one as being the very same. KKK Christian, Republican, conservative, racist, police officers. Those are words that all mean the same thing. And I want to understand that it's a miracle that Chris Green has brothers and sisters who are white, who are Latino, who are Asian, who are not black when you grow up in an environment like that. I say that to no credit of myself, but to give glory to God. And I say this to help you understand that what God has put in Dr. Joe Green's heart, for the 2019 movement is an absolute strategy from heaven. Yes. Come on give God praise. <laughs> because there are thousands if not yet millions of young black men and women who are growing up who have grown up in the same type of America that I grew up in and they don't know They really honestly don't know the things that we are talking about. They don't know such foundational things as treat others the way you want to be treated. They really don't. Did you know that even for believers, Jesus even took it a step further with the golden rule? He said, I give you a new commandment. Love others in the same way that I loved you. So even though the golden rule gives us and kind of levels out the playing field and gives us an opportunity to connect with people that are not necessarily believers, understand, though, for the believer, the golden rule has an even higher demand and command to love others the way Christ loved us. Our personal history there is very very negative and it was part of the reason why we got our sons out of there st louis it's nearly impossible to describe what it's like to live in a city where the following words were spoken from its downtown historic courthouse the black man has no rights that a white man is bound to respect and the spiritual powers and influences of that statement still dominate All aspects of society in cities like that, be it business or education, media, government, family, health care, criminal justice, law enforcement, religion, they're all dominated by phrases like that. Over the last two years, my wife and I have been trying to shed some light on the issues like racism, and the oppression that many African American believers have been trying to get their non-black or brown brothers and sisters to understand. You see, the great concern for for African American Christians is really this, you guys. And you can tell Chris Green is a very frank and forthright type of person. The real concern is is not that it's not that they're trying. We're trying to get all white people to accept responsibility and all of that and put all the blame. All we're trying to do is say, Hey, look, take a look at what's really happening. And let's not live in denial if we're going to move forward. And I say this even coming out of our profession, my wife and I are life coaches and many people cannot not, I didn't say will not, they cannot move forward until somebody deals with their past and brings them into the present so that we can now move forward together. And it's just that right now, there are many people that don't wanna deal with the past. It's sort of like this. We work with a number of women who abuse, various types of abuse are in their background. It's part of their history. And over and over again, as we have talked with them, they said their biggest frustration was they could not get family members to believe them when they told them it was happening. More devastating than the abuse itself was going to brothers and sisters, moms and dads, cousins, people who are your family and your family members pretending that it's really not happening. So what I believe 2019 movement is going to do, is going to bring us together It's going to make those of us who may not be aware of the severity of the situation, it just makes you that much more aware and it also gives you a place of connection with your brothers and sisters who have experienced it. And then there are those who are like me, those of us who have experienced it, who must now learn how to walk in forgiveness and the freedom that's available to us so that we don't look at everybody as a perpetrator of our pain. Everybody white, everybody in power, everybody that has a little bit of economic security is not a, per- is not a perpetrator of your pain. There are many people who worked just as hard as you do to get to where they are. It wasn't handed to them because they were white. It wasn't given to them out of privilege. They worked hard. And it's this type of dialogue and understanding that's gonna help us as we're approaching 2019. I believe God, the, the, the deliverance that our nation is looking for in this, in this area, this arena of racism and separation that God is raising up people like Dr. Green to be leaders, to be leaders in healing us at this foundational level. I cannot tell you how lives have changed when we've watched families reconcile, when the secrets come out, and when the secrets are settled and healed. I share all of this with you today because my wife and I have been working with and mentoring and I, call, and I say parenting the 1980s generation in particular for more than 20 years. These were the kids who when we were youth pastors in St. Louis they were teenagers. They were, some of you may use remember this term, they were called latchkey kids. Remember that? They were raised by television. Today their children had been raised by the computer. Hardly any of those latchkey kids had their fathers in their lives. The majority of those fathers were absent and not always due to prison or welfare, but simply out of selfishness or some conflict with the mother of their children. It was also, it's, it's been really astounding to discover the number of mothers who were envious of their daughters even to the point of allowing their little teenage girls to discover the cruelty of the streets on their own. We have a generation that has been raised on the glorification of violence and drugs. They've been groomed, and I'm talking about the young men, to objectify and devalue women. They've been programmed to rebel against authority, and their mindset is saturated in the laws of the street, and the law of the street is basically, basically this, survive at all costs, kill or be killed. Recently I saw a video clip of a well-known black preacher telling his congregation that we need to stop asking what's wrong with our black kids. He then reminded them of how many of them spent their time and money on themselves instead of invest- investing in their children. They were out at the nightclubs and they were chasing their own personal dreams instead of raising their kids. And he went on to reveal that they did not take their kids to church. They did not pray in their homes. And so we have a generation that knows nothing at all about God or about the, the Word of God. And now let's bring it down to the core issue for why I believe we're in the situation we're in today. The bottom line is that we as African-Americans for the most part in this nation we rejected Jesus Christ as the answer. Even with three and four church buildings in our neighborhoods we rejected the true and living God. We exchanged him for a religious version of Christ and for the God of civil rights. We rejected the true Christ because we believed the lie that he was just the white man's God because he was presented as white, the founding fathers of America were white, the slave owners were white, and because most, not all, because most of today's harshest oppressors are white. Many civil rights leaders found out through historical documents that some of the greatest leaders of America They never had any intentions for the African slaves to ever be considered citizens. Y'all can tell I like going there, don't you? Therefore, many of the current civil rights activists have rejected white America's God, their beliefs and their religion. But even when God raised up black pastors who told us that Africans were right there on the day of Pentecost, that Africans were part of the early church and that at the birth of the church every nation was included. We still rejected it saying that the Bible was written by the white man and those black pastors were traitors and sellouts and collaborators with the enemy. When we rejected God and his salvation for us as a people we rejected his way of bringing us to our rightful place, the Bible tells us that God took Joseph, a former slave, a former prisoner in Egypt, and placed him as second in command over that entire nation. Imagine what God could have done with us by now. Instead, we allowed the influence of this strong liberal and socialist-like agenda to dismantle our families. And the seduction was made even easier when we rejected God. We decided that money and power were more important than God and our families. So millions of black men decided it was easier to cut and run rather than resist and stay committed. The seduction of an evil, demonic agenda was made even stronger. Once the fight for survival in our community was reduced to a matter of every man for himself, then it was easy to tear our families apart with social services and programs that were supposedly going to benefit the women and children that were left behind. I know I'm saying a lot tonight, but I'm uh, I'm getting to my point quickly. Once the fight for survival was reduced to a matter of every man for himself, it was easy to tear our families apart. The incredible number of men who abandon their girlfriends and wives is astronomical. The number of abortions due to unwanted pregnancies from these relationships is beyond belief. And I've heard the powerful argument that Children are without their fathers because of the welfare system and the prison pipeline. Those are those are and and that was due to high unemployment. These are legitimate arguments. I get it. But right now, what Dr. Green, what God is using Dr. Green to emphasize for us is that we got to address the spiritual conditions within our hearts and homes that set the stage for this globalist agenda that's within our government, that's exploiting our people. And once, once you take God out of the picture, we believe, you know, we start to believe in the half-truth. Some of you have heard this phrase, that it takes a village to raise a child. Now, that African saying is based on the strength of each family within the village, not merely the influence of the village. So we kind of lost the meaning in translation. It takes a family to raise a child. It takes families to raise a village. Come on, bless the Lord. Only then can a village raise a child. But we believe their rhetoric and we let the villages of a corrupt government, movies, of hip hop artists, the villages of television and the villages of the internet raise our children. And we believe the politicians that came along that told us we were too poor and our neighborhoods were too awful and the world is too messed up to bring a child into it. We let them tell us that the unborn baby is just a clump of meaningless cells and not a real person. They campaigned that it's, it's not a child, it's a choice. And we agreed with it. And we agreed with it because we no longer believed God. And we know that many black leaders and even some of our own family members, and I stand here almost shaking in my boots to say this tonight because I have family members, especially since I told you where I'm from, who will be ready to just excommunicate me for these words I'm sharing with you. And I want you to understand that those of us who are standing up like this We're facing excommunication and isolation from people who are dear to us. They use the phrase that we're not woke. Anybody heard that black folks who are not woke. Meaning we're not awakened to the truth of what's going on. No, but it's really the opposite. They're not awake. That we have fallen to the ploys of Satan himself. Please know that none of what I'm speaking is meant to excuse or condone the racism and the oppression. I'm just saying that we cannot hope to have a change in our plight in America. African Americans, hear me. I don't know how far what I'm saying will go. I know it's being recorded, but I want you to understand we don't have any hope of any change in the plight of our plight in America if we continue as a people to dishonor God, to abandon our families, to kill our babies, and to turn to ungodly lifestyles and corrupt political systems and family-destroying programs. We cannot expect to receive justice, peace, and freedom if we turn that way. Now thankfully more people of color are becoming open to marriage and family counseling. Parents are beginning to return to their children out of the desperation of this hour. God has brought new strategies like the 2019 movement and he has sent a new breed of pastors and leaders like, Do- like Dr. Joe Green and his wife, Pastor Gwen, into the cities. God is orchestrating and uniting us He's helping us to restore the gates and the walls that have been torn down, just like Babylon destroyed the gates of Jerusalem. Remember that story? The spirit of Babylon has destroyed the gates and walls of hearts and homes in the urban community. But the time has come to rebuild. And I close with this very familiar passage of scripture. If my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. I mean, if you can say it with me, what does he say? Then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Here's a part of this passage that we don't read. Verse 15, God's promise says, now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to prayer made in this place. God bless you.